This is Joshua Bell with the Kilt and the Cloth in our Tuesday morning Bible study as we continue to discuss the book of 1 Peter chapter 4 today. Uh, just to kind of remind us, um, 1 Peter is designed in such a way that they are establishing who and what Christ is. Um, this is first century writing. Uh, we tend to believe it's before the destruction of the temple, but um, the idea is this ancient culture is putting together an idea of how does God work within a, in a Jewish understanding of God still. Like this is still part of that. Um, this is important for us because in the Jewish culture, um, which is f fascinating for me, there are terms for people and their roles in the household. So um, let's establish how the churches would have met. Number one, they did not have buildings. They met in people's homes. They would have met over a meal. Um, most of the time, I have a professor, a friend of mine, um, that spent most of his entire career proving that the early church, when they had church, they reclined. Um, that that was because they were at a meal, and at, back then you you didn't sit up at a at a table, right? You you laid down, you laid on pillows, you know, and uh, it was. It, he would argue that it was probably better for you digestive wise and all of this stuff. He he really went into this a lot, but my point is is that. This this is this is a new concept. So when they start talking about roles of people, um, they're going to look at how do we as Christians serve in those roles uh, and still be Jewish. They never thought they were going to be something different. There was never an idea that this was going to be a different way of life. This was we're Jewish. Now what? Like, I think that's probably the best way to answer that question. So with that being said, this is like you have this word that's used throughout the New Testament, uh, presbyteros, which is bishop or elder or overseer. This is the person that's the leader um, of a community, most likely the, the host of the household. Um, and on the spectrum of wealth, these people were still poor, uh, but they had a home, so they weren't completely dirt poor. They were just a little bit above dirt poor. Um, when it came to eating meals, uh, we tend to, we, we have this fascinating image that all of these houses having church, um, they were always rich people. Well, that, that's not, we've found that that's not the case, um, that, that that was definitely not the case. Now, they were always probably up a, a couple rings up the ladder of being poor, you know, because they were able to host a meal. Um but if you're following the ways that Christ is teaching you, you wouldn't have had to provide anything, right? Think of the feeding of the 5,000. We come, we bring, we celebrate together. So he, Dr. Dennis Smith, would always say that a lot of the early church mo moments would have been like fellowship dinners, reclined at a table, <laughs> um, celebrating their relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, so that's First Peter. Interesting thing is, and when I was doing my master's thesis for my master's in theological studies, I used this particular passage that we're going to use today 
because there's bits and pieces of literally saying who who does this you know who, who is in charge of these things um and there's a word I, I don't remember if it's in this one or if it's in timothy i think it's in timothy but there's a, a word oikonomos which means the steward of the household um they're the ones that did the serving they didn't host the meal they served the meal so um this is a big deal when you think about it because uh if you are a servant of the meal then you are just like the people receiving it do you see how that works if you're the host, somebody is serving you. If you're the steward, you're serving your fellow humans. So I think it's in the first Timothy. Are you look at I think it is. Because it's not in there. <laughs> this one probably has uh, different terminology, but this the same same idea is being argued in these places. What is it that we do? Um for my thesis, the idea was is that in the Christian church, disciples of Christ, we've always lifted elders as the hosts of the table. You're the ones that pray. You're the ones that do this. But in 1972, we changed the, the thing and we turned our ministers, our clergy into that person. And we never gave a definition as to what elders and deacons were. And my argument was, is I think that that's the, they're the servants. They're the stewards of the table. Um, and so... Uh, in this place, in this in this moment, my argument today is going to be: when you hear this, good stewards of God's grace, right? That steward steward is serving God's grace to the people because they're one of them. They're not above. They're not below. They're one of each other. And how do we do that? Well, with Christ. Who was just, just one of them? You know, he was a servant all. And he says that throughout all of his teachings. He was, uh, if you want to know uh, what it's like to become, uh, serve the least of these. Well, you're the least of these. So you have to serve each other. It's brilliant. It's brilliant theology that we're going to get into today. Um, these, these people were not... Um, there was a method to their madness. There was a, and there was a definite audience. Um, and they're trying to figure out where this is coming from. So uh, that's where we're starting today. Questions, comments before we begin? It's very non-Jewish. It's very non-Jewish. <clears throat> it's very Roman. I mean, <clears throat> but well, early on they established you know, the priests and what they do and who can do what and very well. I mean, they they describe what they're wearing, what the temple looks like, whether it be the mobile one or the one it's built. Right. So I guess what I'm saying is this is this would be radical for them. So it makes me wonder back. I mean, I think at the beginning I thought the temple had been destroyed. You convinced me that it hadn't, but I'm feeling like it has been again. Well, in in, <clears throat> in some aspects, it could be. 
Uh, but in, in this case, it's Titus. I'm telling you wrong. It's Titus 1 oh. and then Luke 12. I found Episcopo and Pres Presbyterone. And that would have been in Timothy. So there's this beautiful Roman idea also being created here, but it's not designed to say Rome has it figured out. It's more like, huh, if we are the steward of God's grace, what does that look like? Well, the only thing they know to compare it to is the other, other people. In the Jewish faith, <clears throat> you are to serve one another regardless of them being a part of your household or, you know, they're, you're supposed to take care of the stranger. You're you take care of the alien. I think it's what it says in Hebrew. Um, the. Uh, but that's not the church part. No, I mean, that that I understand. I yeah, mean, that, that hasn't changed. No, that's very Jewish. Very Jewish. That as far as, you know, back to this is what the elders do. This is what. Mm -hmm. That would be radical for them. That's what I'm saying. Massively radical. That just doesn't exist. Those people are already established by the same God that has done everything else for them. That's right. And so now you're saying to this group of people in the first century. By the way, it's also that and it's this. You could see why there was such a, a pushback. If you were Jewish and you'd been told for 2000 years, this is how you believe. This is what you're supposed to believe. If anybody challenges you to believe something different, they're wrong. <laughs> right? Christianity, 2,000 years later, same exact problem. If you think this way differently, you're wrong. Um, and, 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 and we wonder why we struggle. And the Bible tells us so. And the Bible tells <laughs> us so. That's right. It's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating place that we find ourselves in in this discussion. Okay, so this is going to get deep quick. All right. So I want to worry warn you this the some of your versions are going to sound extremely different than mine. Um, and there's going to be places I'm going to ask Sally to make sure that I because I don't necessarily think the Greek translations of a lot of these uh make sense. <laughs> um so did you have this highlighted a bunch on this chapter? Um no, just medium amount okay <laughs> just just a few just a few little marks yeah that's what i figured this one this one's fascinating so uh so since therefore christ suffered in the flesh what's that word sarki sarki Sark, sarki and that's sarcophagus sarcophagus but <laughs> body blood body. yeah sarki, sarki. sarki. Arm yourselves also with the same intention, for who has ever suffered in the flesh has finished with sin. What's that word? Uh, Armartios. Armartios. So Armartios, that's the mark thing, right? It's like the archery term? Evil deeds. Evil from, deeds. From sin. Okay. Evil that's, deeds. That's the part I wanted to make sure. because Armartios. The interesting thing that First Peter does is it, it, it has a play on words, not a pun, but a play on words. In this sense that sometimes it'll be tied with kata. Uh, it could be uh, it could be the missing the mark of the Hebrew world. So there's an archery term, and then sometimes it's focusing in on human things, like this place. So this sin is a new 
idea. Make sense? Okay. So as to live for the rest of your earthly life, no life, no longer by human desires. Is this Eros? It's the last um, epithemius. Epithemius. Uh, so this is inner desires. Um, that I like to refer to it as the dark moments of your mind, evil moments of your mind. Uh, your mind will take itself where it needs to go in a bad place. <laughs> uh, but by the will of God, you have already spent enough time in doing what the Gentiles like to do. Like, I'm sorry, it doesn't say like, it says living in licentiousness. What is that? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. Debauchery? Yeah. I didn't find it. Yeah. It's like living as if you have a license to do whatever you want kind of thing. Absolutely. Like you just get to party like it's going out of style because you can. Okay. <laughs> and 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 kind of like you're above reproach. Like yes. Okay. And there is no reproach okay. if you're living a licentious lifestyle. Okay. Passions, you're living in drunkenness, rebels, carousing, and lawless idolatry. See why it's all in that same place. Mm -hmm. They are surprised that you no longer join them in the same excesses of dissipation. And so they blaspheme. What is that? Blaspheme. <laughs> oh, so it's the same it's word. Blaspheme. Okay, it's where good. we get the word. Okay, good. So I'm not Blasphemutas. Blasphemutas. But they will have to give an accounting to him who stands ready to judge the living, and this is? Zoetos. Okay, so that Zoe is living, life. and the dead? Necrus. Ah, okay, good. For this is the reason the gospel was proclaimed even to the dead, so that though they had been judged in the flesh, same thing? Sarki. Sarki, good. As everyone <clears throat> is judged, they might live in the spirit. That's the one I want to know. Pneumati. Pneumati. This is pneumati. This is the heir of God, right? This is that one moment that we can connect it to Ruach. Ruach, the Hebrew word, is the breath of God, the, the, the place of it. Notice that your translations have spirit of God here. Numa is supposed to be the heir of God, which is like the breath of God, which then gets translated as spirit of God, which is fascinating. I'm just going to pause for just a second. This is my soapbox moment. <laughs> In Acts chapter 2, it says there's this sound of a mighty wind running across the thing. It's If I'm right, if I remember correctly, my brain is playing tricks on me this morning. That word there is Numa. This great mighty Numa comes and runs over the place. The spirit of God is always portrayed as wind or air, just yeah. like in the Hebrew word. Um and this is a cool thing for our conversation in the sense of every chapter of Christianity, the spirit of God um, is talked about. So whether you're Catholic or you're Orthodox sure. or uh, any of those things, there's an understanding that God approaches us through air. Um, Can I? Sorry. Yeah, no, no. That's what I wanted. Um, actually, that happened with me and I shared it with and too many international conversations um can i say it just yes no that's what this is for uh, yeah um we have a church it's up in the mountains which is it's called hamatura cemetery uh, uh, monasteries 
and you have to go walk all the way like an hour up in the mountain to get there and it's for the monks and I was going through a hard time when I was getting divorced with Jamie and I was worrying about the kids because he brought them over here without me knowing so I said I'm gonna go to the, the church of the Virgin Mary and pray there and it was a big mess and we we're sitting outside and I'm like praying and crying at the same time and all what I could say please God I will bring my kids back and then I will sign whatever he wants and that's what I'm saying and I just felt like like a voice can don't worry about your kids they when you get home they will be there and i didn't say anything thank god I, that's what i thought and here's one month coming from the back swear i can't believe this and he said are you okay i said yes one he said are you sure you're okay i said yeah he said no i just saw you just like you turn your hair blue and <laughs> you just uh you know something's bothering you i said i don't know i heard that voice and something like Shh passed through here and it's like okay and then later on the priest called me and he said you just experienced the the breath of god that's what he says the wind it's like it came yes you will not believe well, now i just feel like a, you know. well and i thank you very much for sharing that because exactly. i think sometimes we we're uncomfortable with sharing those moments yeah. in the first century it's the same problem. How do we share those moments yeah. where God is in our life? Yeah. And Numa, for some reason, seems to be the easiest. Is in Acts chapter two. I can't pronounce it. P new. So that would be right. It's it's new ace. P new omicron eta sigma. That's like no new ace. New ace, yeah. New ace. But that's the PN. That's supposed to be the connection, but it's a different form of it. It's the word wind. Which is, this works really well for the, the discussion. So with the part that you just shared, this, the thing that's hard when we talk about this thing, and, and when I teach Bible studies, is, is that it makes it hard for us to recognize and even acknowledge those spiritual moments that yeah. happen in our lives, you know the the first century is also having this problem in the hebrew world there wasn't spirituality you you came you did your offering you went back home that was that was life jesus changes that massively and people are having to well you know in paul's world people are speaking in tongues um in in paul's world there are people that are healing randomly uh, calling upon people in the name of Jesus and they rise, they, they get healed and they're like, what's going on? How's this happening? They talk about it in Acts even that uh, if you if you rip off God, like <laughs> the Ananias yeah. and Sapphira story, they, they fall dead. Like there's just immediately. Yeah. And, you know, so there's this, this interesting thing that's taking place. And, and I think it's real and we have to acknowledge it. Otherwise, those moments that we have, feel the presence of God, we're going to question. In the first century, this part right here, that they may live in the spirit, the pneuma of God, as God does. This is their way of saying, hmm, how do we express that feeling, that emotion that is taking place here? And this is how they answer it. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious 
and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. Above all, maintain constant. This, this should be philos, but I think it's agape. It's agape. Agape love for one another for love. Agape again covers a multitude of sins. Um, amartia. Amartia. <laughs> uh, be hospitable to one another without complaining like good. What's this word? Gift. Uh, charisma. Okay. And then the stewards. Ministering. Diakonos. Diakonos. That's why. That's oh, no. Here's stewards. Oikonomi. Yes. I was right. <laughs> there we are. I knew ministering that. as stewards. The diakonos is the ministering and this oikonomo is stewards. So like good uh, stewards of the manifold grace of God, which is better in the Greek. Charisma. That's right. Here's the charisma. Charismatic. There's, there's the word. This is where we have the presence and we feel the presence of God. Serve one another with whatever gift each of you have received. Whoever speaks must do so as one is speaking the very words of God. Is that the very logos? Logia. 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 Uh, the very logia of God, the, the very words of God, which, by the way, logia is the, is the, the creation voice. God brings creation through this. Um, whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him who belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. That's his sermon. <laughs> Isn't that cool? So in, the, in, in a lot of essences, one of the things that I argue here, like good oikonomos or oikonomoin or the manifold grace of God, you are serving one another with whatever gift each of you have received. This is what church is in the 21st century. That's my argument. Is, is that uh, we are to take care of this as thinking as the end of all things is near. The first century, remember, what, what's, the, what's the motivating factor for everything that Paul writes and everything else in the New Testament? What's the motivating factor? And, and it's, it's not a rhetorical question. I just, and I want you to think generic. What's the purpose of writing these things down? Preach the good news. To preach the good news. Why? They think Jesus is going to be back tomorrow. I mean, yeah. If Je not today. That's right. Jesus could come back in the next second. <laughs> like they're, they have... Hurried anticipation and hurried anticipation. Urgency. An urgency. This, this is very important. That I really wanted to get that idea that in their minds, Jesus is going to come back in the next second. And so we have to be like Christ and we have to be prepared. And these moments, these uh, charisma, this charismatic, this presence of God places, the person's telling you they're real. It just operates differently with every person, which is why it says here, whatever each gift you have received. Uh, what is it in Greek? It's whatever. Um, that's the carries. The gift of grace is the charisma. Yeah. So each of you have received some form of the presence of God. Now, Paul is the one that articulates this, but first Peter, the author of first Peter is still trying to figure out what the heck, what that means. Does that make sense? I want to make sure that we, we leave that open for conversation because this is a little bit of a big 
discussion piece. I mean, for me, I was able to write 30 pages of it <laughs> on just that one passage. Well, not really that one passage. It's also in Titus. And then Luke, Luke uses that phrase too. And um, I'm going to say it wrong, but I think it's chapter 11, verse 24. But this, this idea of being stewards of God's grace, which is what you all are. It should sound a lot like your sermons every Sunday. <laughs> well, let's let's start with the very easy. When you hear it this way, what's your first reaction? For some reason, I have a sense of peace. You have a sense of peace. Uh -huh. um, because I feel like that it's telling me that God's breath is always going to be around me and he's going to protect me and he's going to help me through whatever. So, I, you know, that just kind of, I don't know, just makes warm fuzzies, <laughs> for lack of better terms. It also is a, tells me I need to do better um, as far as being a steward of his love and of his, of his giving to others less fortunate that haven't heard his word or understand his word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like you really, we need to hear that because sometimes we'll be praying and we're not there. We need to be present in everything mm -hmm. we do when we're in church or praying at home or even when we're helping friends. Just know why you're doing that. And I think it's very important just be present i know myself many times i just i'll be praying i will be saying whatever the priest is saying but i feel like i didn't understand i know everything i memorized everything mm -hmm. because you know but i'm not there and one time i was reading and um, there's that monk at athos mountain in greece and the priest is going and we're using that um sensor yes and going around to each uh, icon and each person it's like a blessing him and then uh, he blessed that one guy and he kept going. And he said, uh, he went after the mass and he said, why didn't you bless me? He said, I did, but you weren't there. Mm. <laughs> I didn't see you. So I just blessed, you know, so he wasn't there understanding what's going on or he wasn't present. So that's proof we really have to be present to be able to experience all of that. And I think that's, that's exactly what they're saying here. Right. Yeah, I'm just yeah like there's uh, yeah. there's a there's an understanding there he says so if jesus suffers in the flesh or christ suffers in the flesh arm yourself with the same intent intention mm -hmm. you you have to be in you have to be present yeah you have to be ready to go it's and then there's a a sense of don't and and, and then he gives you warnings don't don't be like everybody else yeah. everybody else have, have done awful things you you can do better and then he says, that's why they're noticing that you're different. As, as you're in this place, in this present moment, live in that pneumatic, or I'm sorry, I'm making it, I'm der deriving the word, but you live in that pneuma, the spirit of God. Allow the spirit to guide you in the right place. And you only can do that if you're in, if you're present. And then when you've been there, serve it this you're you're supposed to share that with others um i like it's at the toward the end of that section uh, when you're speaking 
or when you're serving, those are relatively, you know, we think of those as minor things, the small things we do in life, but God's presence needs to be there in, in the small things, or he is there in those small things. Sometimes we think we are doing things that are insignificant or talking with someone and we think it's an insignificant conversation, but when God's presence is there, presence is there, we don't know what God is doing in, in the heart of that other person and how he's working. So uh, I, I like that it's not just in the big things that we are doing for God or giving a big gift or a big tithe. God is there in the important stuff, the, the smallest of the details. That's exactly right. Now, on the academic side, the part that's fascinating to me is this, the usage of the Greek in this particular passage is modifying the way they normally would speak right like if if we 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 get we it's very easy for us to create this into a sermon uh, the, these things connect to us very easily in the first century however there would have been a massive problem with this like robert alluded to at the very beginning of the discussion you're asking and you're saying that god uh is breathing on you and guiding you. Well, I already have the Ruach. That Ruach is guiding me already, but now we're saying it's taking over even our thoughts. That's a that's a theological shift. Um, and not really, but really, <laughs> right? But so the first century would have had a problem with this. The again, the the Greek here is it's very high high Greek. Um, this is not, for lack of a better phrase, peasant Greek. This is not a vernacular that somebody's going to speak where I grew up, right? They're not going to talk about it in, in, in the in the junior highs. This is somebody that has been very educated and is using the usage of Greek here in such a way that uh, is changing a theological construct that we've not had before in the first century. And we're focusing in on Christ. So as the stewards of Christ through God's grace, how do we live that life? Now, here's where it gets complicated. Verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory, which is the spirit of God, is resting on you. This is the same pneuma. pneuma. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, a criminal, or even a, as a mischief maker. I don't like that translation. What's it? Mine says meddler. Okay, meddler. Meddler is what the interlinear person does, but allo tree episcopos. <clears throat> there are too many. Episcopos. I can't do. So that's like a, yeah. a trouble allo starter. Tree episcopos. It's all together. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, well, but that would be, if you put it that way, this is a person that starts trouble. Yeah. That's... Isn't that the word trouble? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought that was, I don't know. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, which would make sense why the NRSV translated as mischief maker and 
the easier version of that would be meddler because a meddler in the English language means somebody that's starting stuff and then walking away. My, my living Bible says busy body. Yeah. <laughs> busy body. Yeah, that's a good, I like that idea. Uh, yet, if any of you suffer as a Christian, do not consider it a disgrace, but glorify God because you bear this name. For the time has come for judgment to begin with the household of God. If it begins with us, what will be the end for those who do not uh, do not obey the gospel is this the evangelion okay good so it is the gospel good news and and it is hard for the righteous to be saved what will become of the ungodly and the sinners therefore let those suffering in accordance with god's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while continuing to do good so, so there's let them commit themselves to their souls sick sick sauce okay I have no idea. <clears throat> Commit themselves to their souls doesn't make much sense. As faith, I don't know how they get faith. Oh, trustworthy creators before that. This oh. is in trust themselves. So they're just putting it in a different order. It's themselves. Okay. Their souls is themselves. Huh. Well, it's always in a different order. If I read it in the order the Greek comes, yeah, you'd okay. wonder how anybody ever translated anything to make sentences out of it. Yeah. <laughs> It's just about as bad as the will know. of God to a trustworthy creator. Let them commit their souls in doing good. Well, that almost makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Huh. So if there's as a Christian. Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God by this name, because the time has come to begin the judgment from the house of God. And if firstly from us, where will the end of the ones disobeying the good news of God? So sounds weird. It's amazing to me they ever translated anything. Yeah, I know. In this, the who would be persecuted? No. Uh, Rome's there. The Romans, the Jews. Less. They're going to persecute just because we can. <clears throat> Anyone who believes the differently, Jews. specifically the Jews, in this um, case. Sometimes when they were starting churches in or st telling people about Christ in whatever that country was that's now Turkey. Paul was run out of town by the people who were making idols, you remember. So they were persecuted by the the, the Gentiles, the, the others. I mean, it was, as it was well everything. as the Jews and so the Romans. <laughs> yeah, just, just every everyone in general. I mean, you're, you're, you're telling everybody around you uh, that something completely different than they've ever heard you know i mean you don't have you don't have 50 billion gods that you get to worship on a regular basis you're you're saying that yes we still have to abide by what rome says but we have to love each other and take care of one another and we're like why would you do that you got to take care of yourself um you've got other religions such as judaism and uh that that are saying well yeah but your god is a false god because now you're breaking it you know, because god is god you can't break God into three parts. That doesn't make sense. I don't mean to smile, but Rome could care less. Yeah, Rome doesn't care this is happening. So it's the religions. It's the religious people that are there. Well, Rome only cares if there are enough of them that they're causing some upset in their area. They don't want anything well, they're, they're to upset get there their area. Quick, but I mean, at this moment, 
they can still worship whoever they want. That's right. Which is why the author of First Peter is saying, be prepared to suffer. And then Rome flips that around where you have to worship one God. All over again. That's a long time away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're gonna they're eventually in the future. And and it's and it's not Constantine that makes it happen for himself. He just does it to appease his mom. Yes. And he doesn't even, you know, we've had this conversation. He doesn't even convert till his deathbed. You know, so like there's a it's it's a for this person to be writing this, this is extremely well thought out, very, very articulate phrase. Um, and we have just enough time that we could finish this book today that I okay. thought we would might do that. So at the last chapter, we had this idea of stewards. Uh, there's a, there's some diakonos, which means, you know, the, the servants of, you know, um, you have this, well, actually, I think it was diakonia when it serving but I'm being picky now. It had been right before. Diakonai. Oh, Diakonai. So, so yeah, that's person. You can't go by what the endings are anyway. It's, no. That's that's whoever serves must do it with strength from God. Yeah, serve, serve, serving. So there's this idea that this has happened. Now, here's what First Peter does. Now I'm going to tell you who I am. Does he didn't do that the whole book? He just says, I'm writing this to you, my beloved, the, 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 the diaspora all over the place. Now, here's what, what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you who I am. So verse five, chapter five, verse one. Now, as an presbyterum, presbyterum, a.k.a. elder, bishop, overseer. It's funny how we translate it in all three of those, because <laughs> all three of those in today's language have very different meanings. Mm. Greek Orthodox, a bishop is somebody that's way up in the food chain a bishop for us is somebody that um is an administrator religious person you know overseer that's probably a better translation for the first century because you want to think of slaves overseers are the ones that are in charge of the slaves um and then elder is is a very nice way to say it but it's not a good one to say so here, but he says, now as a, an elder, myself, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory to be revealed, I exhort the other, should say, Presbyteron also, uh, elders among you to tend the flock of God that is in your charge, exercising the oversight. There's, there's your uh, overseer moment. Uh, Episcopo. Episcopo. This is Shepherd was poimonate. Poimatine. Poimatine. Poimonate. Huh. Tend the flock of God. Poimatine. So that would be, I don't know what that means. <laughs> it says shepherd here. It says shepherd. Shepherds of God. Interesting. Well, the, the Episcopo is just where we get the word Episcopalian, which is supposed to be. Uh, we work together, which ends up translating into later on life, but not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you do it, not for sordid gain, but eagerly do not lord it over those who in your charge. So if you are an overseer or a bishop, do not lord it over those in your charge, 
but be examples to the flock. You see how much of a change this is? And when the chief shepherd, is that the same? Yeah. Archipoimenos. Okay. Appears, you will win the, I don't know that word either. You will win the crown of glory that never fades away. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. Um, and all of you must clothe yourselves with humility in your dealings with one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now that's uh, Proverbs, right? Yes. Yeah, Proverbs. 334. Um, notice that they've now used Proverbs. My favorite part about the New Testament is, is how they proof text things. <laughs> it goes Psalms, Proverbs, Isaiah. Almost all the time, every once in a while, they'll do some random thing and you go, ah, that dude knew Hebrew <laughs> Bible, but Psalms and Proverbs. Proverbs is, is our New Testament for today. Anyway, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that he might, may exalt you in due time. Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Discipline yourselves. Keep alert. <laughs> then like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil prowls around looking for someone to devour. My professor in seminary would have said, this is your, uh, like a roaring lion, lion being one of the um, sigils for one of the Roman battalions. Hmm. Um, this, anytime that you see an, um, an image of an animal, especially a, a, a violent one in the first century, um, like if you look at the book of Revelation, for example, anytime that you see these animals listed, you can go back in Roman history and find the sigil of that battalion and the horrific things that they did underneath that banner. So this roaring lion is one of those. It's, and notice that they automatically tie it to the devil. Mm -hmm. Is that devil? Diabolos. Yeah, so yeah. it's devil uh, looking for someone to devour. So evidently, whoever is writing this remembers a time when this sigil underneath the lion killed people in mass genocide. Resist him steadfast in your faith, for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace has called you to his eternal glory and Christ will himself restore, support, strengthen and establish you. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. And then just because we need to finish this. Um, through Silvanus, whom I consider a faithful brother, who I have written this short letter to encourage you and to testify that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. Your sister church in Babylon. Um, sorry, I just chuckled because, again, Babylon is always a reference to, to like Rome uh, at this point. Babylon's not a good place to be. Um Chosen together with you, send your greetings, and so does my son Mark. Not the Gospel of Mark guy, just a guy by the name of Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love, peace to all and of who are in Christ. Um, there ends the reading of the book of 1 Peter. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, trying to see what it, yeah, this, this guy in the commentary leaves out there. But it's a good commentary for this. So, go ahead. <clears throat>
in five, where it says younger submit yourself to the elders. Just press reader on it, but just mean old people. I was going to ask if they switch there or that's presbyterian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's fascinating because you'll see this also in Acts chapter two. Now that one is older and younger people. It's people, and this one, it's this is the elders. The elders, as Not in the the people. leaders of the church. Well, that that's where I was, but then if you just take that out by itself, that's right. I can see where it can be changed. That's right. This is why it's dangerous to do that. My hope is, is that as we've read this this book, you've seen how First Peter has also been used and abused in different ways. There's no way to look at First Peter and say, well, in this particular passage, it only means this. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole letter. If I'm going to preach from First Peter, I got to talk about what all of First Peter means. <clears throat> What's the audience? And why this one particular passage can relate to us, but you, you, you just you, you got to be careful with First Peter. You'll find that I very rarely preach from First Peter just because, um, well, one, it's really high in Christology. Um, I'm I'm probably more of a, a Numa guy, if I'm being honest with you. It, when when you're in seminary, they they put you in this class uh, called constructive theology. And at the end of it, you're supposed to be able to say to the congregation, this is what I believe. And they've messed you up. <laughs> like, I mean, like you, you start the class and they say, well, here's God. Here's Jesus. Here's Holy Spirit. Now define them. And you read these books and you have this really in-depth conversation. And at the end, you're supposed to say, well, I'm probably a Trinitarian because of this or I'm not a Trinitarian because of that. Um, I'm definitely a Trinitarian. Like, I mean, I know deep down in my soul, I believe in God. I don't necessarily have to say father, but I like the idea of creator, but it's another conversation for another day. I do believe Jesus is a part of that. It's harder for me to define what that looks like. Uh, but then when it talks about spirit, I, I think that's what we're left with. After Jesus ascends into heaven, we are now given the spirit of God to dedicated to one task. Like my sermon on Sunday, like our task is to be the stewards of God's grace. How do you do that? Well, you stop acting like the world. <laughs> this is a place of safety. The stuff that happens here is supposed to be safe Out from outside, from the outside world. So this idea of sanctuary becomes me. How do you do that? Well, I'm guided by the spirit. So for me, preaching from first Peter becomes problematic because it's really focused in on, well, as a Jesus person, yeah, I'm a Jesus person, but I'm guided by Holy Spirit. So you'll hear me say that more in my sermons than you would hear me use first Peter. Um, that was a rabbit trail. I apologize, but not really. <laughs> well, I believe Jesus was there a long time before he came to us don't you think so yep yes so so that's yeah the gospel of john yeah. specifically now i'm staying i'm going to stay academic for just a second yeah. because theologically the church big c uh the beginning chapters right as we're writing the gospel of john they're trying to dis discuss 
well, where did Jesus come from? And we, we have, and, and for the sake of our discussion, I would say, as Christians have come to believe, Jesus was there with God in the very beginning. Sure. So when it's talking about, we will create them in our image at the beginning of Genesis, mm. right? That's Jesus. Some would argue the Holy Spirit. Some would argue angels and all of those things were there at the same time. Yeah. That's Gospel of John, 100%. Yeah. I don't necessarily disagree with it personally, but um, I also like to think that God, over time, gave us a piece of God's self. And what did that look like? That comes in the form of Jesus. Any other comments or conversations, questions before we end our recording? like there's a lot i mean since i missed last week i feel like that there's a, a lot that i've missed that i need to mm. definitely go back and study well i think we'll go ahead and stop the recording here we're going to begin next week uh just because i want to just keep going because uh, Second Peter is not going to be as long. It's only three chapters. And like I told you before, I want to keep doing the little books of the New Testament because we don't ever give them time. Um, and so next week, we'll start with the second letter of Peter. <laughs>